Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your night night, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. Like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that kind of actually really enjoys the Muzak version of Girl from Iponema. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're closing out this year's Kaijun, as we will lament the loss of a legend, by heading out to sea to talk 1998's Deep Rising. And whether you've been cruising or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your giant-sized squiddly-diddly hole. And we are, uh, I guess, technically surfing, surfing the seas out on social media, being uh-huh. squiddly-diddly or not. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face, where we have an events tab, which leads to... Shenanigans and treat shenanigans. And this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, June 30th. If you find yourself treating yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to Screenland.com, where you will find they have your giant, uh, I guess, science monster shenanigans. Taking care of indoors. Uh, Outdoors. And virtually. Excellent, indeed. (laughs) And if you're at uh, Screenland.com, make sure to head to the Friday Night Fright tab. Genius. The day this episode is releasing Mm -hmm. our latest Friday Night Fright. This is my Boomstick is a movie that back in 1993, I skipped school to go see, which I don't know how that reflects on me. Oh, I saw this bitch twice in the theater. And I believe someone might hopefully be getting to see it for the first time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The the continuing evil, a next chapter in the Necronomicon for a one-man baldy. And it's a shame that Army of Darkness... Was didn't get its original title of the Medieval Dead. Oh, that'd been perfect. I'm still kind of upset with right. that one. So hopefully we get to see all of you out for that. Now come for the Bruce Campbell, stay for the Stooge Foo. Now you know what you're going to be staying for is next Friday Night's Fright, and it's a movie that I know you, we covered mm-hmm. last year when we talked folk horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God damn it! It's a movie that made a profound. What is this? I hope I will not miss. Hey, oh, I can't wait to see it on the big screen. I'm not going to go around with that. 1973's The Wicker Man. Yes, come down to, to Bonehenge. See what Summer Isle has to offer. <laughs> ah! I'm really anxious to see that one up on the big screen. I love that movie now. Like, it's. 
It's yeah, in your, it's the, in your life. I love it. It's so good, so good. The fact that I just I just saw it for the first time last year, and like, <laughs> it's but now it vernacular love lexicon. It. Of course, of course. It's it, <laughs> it's a way of life. It is. <laughs> now, other repertory screenings that are happening on the weekend of the thirtieth, and it's a film that I am I know everyone here loves by a filmmaker that I know everyone here loves. Genius. Have you seen Rashomon? Ooh, the old school one? No, I want to see it, though. Okay, okay. This is Akira Kurosawa's take on it. I'm sure one of one of our guests have seen it. In fact, I'm sure maybe one, if not both. Yeah, that's not the way I remember it. So we'll yeah. talk about that. We'll talk about it. Oh, is that the one where I kick you in the nuts, Squaw? <laughs> Squaw. That possibly, possibly. Oh, that's Roche. <laughs> now, that being said, the outdoor screening, and this is actually going to be hosted by our good friends at uh, the Dirtbag Cinema Podcast. Nice. And it's a film that... We've devoted an episode to. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think everyone here can kind of agree it's definitely a horror film mm-hmm. disguised as a blockbuster. Uh, but check out Outdoors that Saturday, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. A film that we owe a lot of allegiance to, mm-hmm. that we felt even in tonight's screening. Uh, now, that also happening on that Saturday, and this is what I'm really excited for, is. Screenland has uh, had a long-standing partnership with Etheria Film Festival, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be hosting the latest version, and special guests include Joe Bob Briggs, Darcy the Mail Girl, in honor of one Brink Stevens. Fuck yeah. So on top of all of the short films directed by women, ready-made for genre, we're going to have like Leader of the Mutants. Yes. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited for that, and I know that's cool. The fact that like the one Ethereum is badass, and the fact that they have a good relationship with Screenland, mm-hmm. and two that Joe Bob has having a good relationship mm-hmm. with Screenland, and the fact that like it works bread and butter. Oh, it's good because then we're also technically the only theatrical release of all these shorts that are going to be playing yeah. until they hit Shutter. Yeah. So I take it in again, celebrating women in genre. The only way we can with the mutants. Yeah, that's going to be it turns awesome. Out. Now, of course, if you don't live in the Kansas City area and Screenland sounds pretty rad and you'd like to support them from afar. Well, come on down. Absolutely. In fact, the easiest way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash Screenland. Uh, but genius, if I'm talking Patreon and film family. E- Bellies. We also have our own little collection of mutants. Mm-hmm. Our muton family at Patreon. And all throughout this month... Regardless of your tier, on Fridays, I have been watching a kaiju movie of some sort for the first time. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening on today's entry, we get weird. This I took in. It's called, it's known as either The Great Yokei War, aka Spook Warfare from 1968. And it has basically, it's. Japanese Nightbreed. Ooh! Ooh! With giant monsters? Well, with a eventual giant monster. Let's just say there's a reason that it is falling on that Friday, but it got weird. It's one of three, and I can say uh, film family member uh, Noel pointed us in that direction. That's mm. that one that he was like, hey, yeah. have you seen these trilogy of films? They're all available on Shutter, so check them out. Okay. They're a trip. They are a freaking well, trip. Honestly, you had me a Japanese nightbreed. You had 
In fairness, you had me in Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the place you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they have access to, uh, to that and so much more. In fact, uh, June has been just loaded with good stuff. Oh, we yeah. talked Shin Kamen Rider. Yes. Yes. The, the extremely violent and very, very stylistically cool Kamen Rider. A lot of fun. And then our commentary... <laughs> We got weird with Godzilla versus Hedora, <laughs> which is going was a blast. Yeah, we got to think in advance. So again, to have access to that and so much more, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead. And what's kind of perfect is I think there is a a hidden perk mm-hmm. at this point in terms of even beforehand or whatever. But I I mentioned that because as we close out this year's Kaijun, and again. Thank you for all the fruits yeah. that it has borne at this point, especially this month. Oh, yeah. It's been rad. From the Gargantuas to Troll mm-hmm. to our, our little getting knee-deep in the lake to Godzilla versus <laughs> Biollante, everything has been wonderful. But ideally, to close things out, we realized that uh, you know giant-sized monsters need some giant-sized personalities, and mm-hmm. thankfully... We're closing out Kaijun with two guests. Now, Genius, Mm -hmm. you know our first guest as uh, they are known to terrorize a certain area in a certain region. Genius, please summon to the show the blonde in front, Katie Glidewell. I found these mystical pair of glasses, and with the power of love and critical thinking about movies, I am going to summon the most powerful Kaiju that I know of. By the power no movie, she is on the movie Hunt. No one can stop the blonde in front. I am here. I am here to answer any question. Thank you so much for summoning me. <laughs> and now grow in power and help us destroy this giant feet of giant monsters that we have to destroy. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you've summoned her so well. She's literally here in person. Yes. yes. <laughs> from the, from Chicago to here. The, the magical glasses. We summoned the blonde in front and it worked great. The power uh, of love and critical thinking. Well, and it's nice to have you here in person. I mean, we normally, when we get to talk, it's via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yes, and last time via Zoom, <laughs> stupid whiffy that I have. My Yeah, so I, that's one of the reasons why I want to make sure we need to be up close and personal. <laughs> Guaranteed, so we do appreciate you taking the time here. Always. Now, our second guest, you know, mm-hmm. as you can find him... Uh, Technically terrorizing television series throughout. Genius. Please summon to the show from the Media Rewind podcast, Dustin Pryor. First, I have to break out my, let me shrink down to miniature form and let me break out my twin. Bolsuraya, 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 Bolsuraya. Whether it be a Jabba Hutt or the song of Boba Fett or the purge we sing, you can place your money bet. Bolsuraya! Bolsuraya! <laughs> beep, beep, beep! <laughs> beep, beep, beep! <laughs> I, I should probably just go home right now. I mean, <laughs> geez, 
Nothing I'm going to be able to add to this conversation is going to top that. I wasn't expecting lyrics, honestly. <laughs> I don't think any of us were at that point. No. When I said a summoning, I didn't think like a grand majestic tome <laughs> out of all of it. It's well, I knew I was going to sing this song, and I was like, if I'm going to sing, I gotta, that's why I said switch it. So, <laughs> Dustin, thank you for being here as well. Hey, thanks, guys. And Katie, nice to see you again. Nice as to always. see you. So please, uh, both of you, for our listeners out there, uh, plug and promote. Where can they find you out on the social medias? You can find uh, any of my videos and just commentary on films on the Blonde in Front on the medias of social, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and I also do some reviews on Radio of Horror and Postmortem Radio. I always love to get to see when you bounce off, folks. You, solo is awesome. El Lobo solo, but, you know, it's, again, the chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and you can find us at Media Rewind Pod on Twitter, Media Rewind Podcast on the Facebooks, and Genius and I have Dead City from The Walking Dead coming up. Oh, yeah. And then Ahsoka, and then Warrior. And then Warrior, and, Oh, yeah. it's going to be a fun <laughs> summer. Busy. We're going to be busy in the summer. So hot, hot. That's just it again. I know there's always that like cooling off time. Kitties. You know, not, nothing chaotic. And that's, nothing and that's Biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, biscuit and Frankie at this point have become unofficial members as the way <laughs> they're, the no, they're the Nightmare Junkhead mascots. With their yeah. kaiju battles. Yeah. <laughs> Which is appropriate given the nature of everything right now. Uh, but I want to ask you, Katie, since you are the person that is kind of one of our avatars at this point, just in terms of being and seeing new films be it within genre, new releases, anything that on the horror side that you've seen here in 2023 that has been any kind of a standout for you? Honestly, uh, well, one that I saw at the, I was supposed to see it at Panic Fest. I missed it, but I saw it at the Chicago Critics Film Festival, Birth Rebirth. That is one of my favorite horror films of the year. Uh, I do have to say I have not been that impressed with 2023 and the lineup of films this year right now. It's compared to last year. Mm -hmm. We discussed this earlier. I had like seven out of my top 10 slash 14 films that I already saw before June. And at this point, I'm just scrambling to even think of some that would be like, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's just it's fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there haven't been, like, off the top of my head, I like The Blackening. I thought The Blackening was really, really funny. Uh, and I'm looking forward to a few coming up uh, next week that I'm going to see that are, are coming out in July. I think uh, something Wish I Talk or something. I can't remember the title of Wish it. Wish Upon? Yes. Oh, no, Talk to Me. Talk to Me. Talk to, Talk me. to me. That's actually going to be a Friday Night Friday of ours yeah. closing out in July. Nice. Talk to Me I'm seeing in next week or the week after. The week after. And I'm that's the one by the two twin, Aus is it Australian brothers? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. There's a w interesting pedigree behind that movie. Crikey. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I already saw uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I'm going to, I actually am going to release my reaction to that, I believe, on Monday morning. It comes out the 30th. I'm going to, I have a full review coming out with that. Uh, yeah, if I got turned back time on that one. Um, oh, but oh. I'm not going to say. That's uh, fair. That is fair. Yes. And that's right now, 
I mean, there's a lot um, that came out this weekend, uh, the weekend of June 16th. I think that's, that's a big weekend, I feel like, for the summer. So, but, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you a question. Yeah. For this weekend, if I could either see Spider-Man or Flash, which one should I see? Spider-Man. Okay. Spider-Man. It's my number one film of the year in Spider-Man. Hmm. I can concur. I Now, granted, I haven't seen The Flash yet, but haven't seen Spider-Man. It's phenomenal. Yes. It it's does. honestly unlike. I mean, it may be a cliche thing. It's unlike anything you'll ever see. <laughs> it is unlike anything you will effing ever see. Like, hmm. it is a smorgasbord for the eyes that just keeps giving each... Yeah, every scene. It is, it like I hate to talk about any animated film that's out there. Like, look, I'm gonna pull a Connie. Like, I'm gonna let you finish, but you're gonna come in second <laughs> to um, Spider Man across the uh, like, yeah, Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Like, there's nothing that's gonna compare to that in the animation. I feel like I was almost overwhelmed at times with the stuff that was happening on the screen, and I will say you specifically, especially with all this. The spider people we, we we interact with. There's one in particular that I know you're going to love. <laughs> and actually gets involved with some of the action at a certain point as yeah. well, which was a nice, yeah. Very that much. Was, so did you see the version? I don't know, Katie. There was a big issue with the sound mix that came out with the film that you had a hard time hearing the dialogue. Like Sony kind of messed up the sound mix. And they eventually send out another one that was adjusted and that's the one I saw because I held out watching it because I had heard about that. I Like no, it was I off or like the dubbing was bad? I or? think since most people are doing 7.1 now, ideally, they sent in 6.1. Oh. So it just was like you could not hear the dialogue. So they had to crank everything up super loud. First world problems, I know, but... I would say I was not at a theater that had that issue. Okay. But, but I know... There were a couple times I couldn't hear certain things because people were just like screaming in joy and yeah. laughing and just like, oh my God, this is amazing. The family feel that they want you to get in Fast X, you get it's about in, the new, in the new Spider-Man movie. It's <laughs> it's rad. It is rad. I think you would dig it. Especially oh, I'm hoping. It's it, something you would probably hear on the Media Rewind podcast eventually. Huh. What about family? <laughs> the Spider Family. We're, 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 we're more about family portions than family style. Yeah, we are. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Pizza Ranch. Well, no, that's appropriate, though, because this month has been about giant sized portions. Which, uh, But the reason we're all gathered here today, in fact, we initially had on schedule. To talk Shin Ultraman mm -hmm, to, to keep close in the this month. Yeah, to keep in the Shin and the, and the giant monster universe. And I was telling Greg, and we were talking about it off mic, I know like earlier in the Kaijun, one of our retrospective episodes, well, we, back in the, the day, um, <laughs> we said mon giant monster movies don't count as Kaiju films, because or giant underwater monster mm -hmm. movies, because it doesn't fit our criteria of destroy destruction in an urban setting. So like the Meg Megalodon wouldn't count as a kaiju film. That's How why it was in Shark Timber. Exactly. However, we are making an addendum for two reasons. One, uh Deep Rising, this is in honor of Rust and Power Treat Williams, who passed away mm -hmm. this weekend uh due to a motorcycle accident. And also 
this movie was a secret backdoor pilot for a King Kong movie. Yep. So it's kaiju adjacent. And technically it's it's our show. Right. We can talk what right. we want to. Right. We justified with common Russian common rider as it's in the <laughs> Shin universe. That's why it's in kaiju. We're doing it for Treat Williams and we're doing it for uh, Deep Rising because Deep Rising, I've always liked this movie and upon this rewatch, I like it even more. Well, it's based on the power of Treat Williams. Yeah, I mean, great. he was a character actor that elevated everything he was in and was working up until he passed away. Yeah. I mean, and he w- and the stuff he appeared in and when you look at it, his body is a body of work from television appearances to genre work to musicals. It's <laughs> it's in, it's intimidating. But it's, see, that's one thing I don't get and I don't know if we were talking about this off mic. It's like he never got to me the recognition he deserved. Like he wasn't a, a household name like a Cruz or a Hank or anything like that. And even a lot of people when he shows up on screen, unless you know of Treat Williams, you wouldn't be like, Hey, it's Treat Williams, you know? He's him and Michael Moriarty never really seemed to have got that one role that just like pushed him up, mm-hmm. you know? But like he's fantastic in every single thing he's ever thought about. So, Katie, what is your relationship with Mr. Williams? So, I can't remember if Smooth Talk or 1941 uh, was the first, was my gateway drug into Treat Williams, (laughs) if if I may. Uh, 1941, I mean, he is a jerk, but damn, he is handsome. He is just so handsome. Uh, And... Then, I mean, anything he was in, he just has that, like, chiseled jaw. And I don't know. I mean, he may just... I Did he want to become a huge leading man? Did he want to just stay a character actor that continued to work? I mean, he was a continuous working actor. So, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that when... I mean, he started doing films in the 70s. I mean, if he saw some of his co-stars that maybe... You know, they had their high points and then kind of petered out later on. I mean, he kept working, even if it was smaller yeah. roles. And he did solid, solid work. Like, I love him later on. I took a screenshot of it in uh, 1999's Deep End of the Water um, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Because he gives that line uh, after his child goes missing and his wife, uh, you know, his wife was supposed to be watching the child and then um, the child is kidnapped and um, he says like I'm not self-righteous I'm right kids don't just vanish up in smoke kids don't just get lost people lose them and it's when he says that and you just feel that anger that's been building up for nine years of what he wants to say to the woman that he loves it's like Oh man, that is a performance. Okay, I mean, so Treat Williams and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, oh, shit, were, I need to put that on my list. Then. Yeah, <laughs> they're husband and wife, and oh, that was good. But yeah, I mean, he's just a guy. Like, anytime I saw that he was going to be in something, it's like, okay, well, Treat Williams is this. I'm going to look forward to seeing that. I told, I said it before on record. His name is Treat Williams because every time he's in, I'm like, hey, it's Treat Williams. It's a treat. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Dustin. Uh, honestly, um, reverse engineering. Yeah. He was one of the uncredited actors on uh, 
uh, what was it, uh, Empire Strikes Back? Yes, he was. He was one of the uh, Echo Base Yes, he was. Guys. Yes, he was. But no, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm just going to go for it. He's not Tom Berenger, but he was a great substitute. <laughs> no, I mean, like he was he was the one like you couldn't you couldn't quite put a you couldn't put him in like a in a box. I mean, he he had like like you were saying, he's got credits on shows like Blue Bloods. Yeah. He goes and does Deep Rising. CS, you, uh, SVU. Yeah, SVU. I mean, some of the like you every time he shows up, you love what he does mm-hmm. because he is obviously very good at was very good at his craft, you know, RIP. But it was it, it was never like he phoned in anything. Mm-hmm. And like Katie said, I don't know whether or not, you know, we don't know whether or not he chose the life of, you know, just like a, a, a role play mm-hmm. kind of actor or whether or not he wants something bigger, but it wasn't like he didn't, you know, go for it in, in any of the small roles that he had. You know, because there's some people that even big movie stars just phone in shit all the time. Yep. And it drives me nuts. But every time you saw Treat Williams show up in something, you could tell he was having fun. He was going to do something Particularly good. in this movie, you could tell right. he was having fun. Fucking like in The Phantom. Yeah. You know, just showing up. God now damn right. Yeah. yeah. Now what? Well, now. I, I know like my first exposure, and I can't remember if it was either this movie or Dead Heat, but I remember oh, seeing Heat. this movie, oh. n- not in the theater, right? But... <clears throat> Really, really digging the shit out of both of Dead Heat mm-hmm. and Treat Williams, and then reverse engineering like this. This dude's cool, you know. He he's in cool movies. He's fighting sea monsters and zombies, so he's down <laughs> with the genre, you know. He whatever he's in, he's fighting unruly street punks. He's down <laughs> with the genre, and that maybe that's maybe I answered my own question of why he doesn't. Some of the actors that don't get the respect and credit that they deserve is because they're down with the genre. Maybe because genre still has that weird stigma. And to be a working actor, you do have to make movies like Venomous, which I actually saw and probably own. (laughs) You know? So, like, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's that double-edged sword. It keeps you working, but it keeps you get from getting that accolades from the outside world. But then at the end of the day, who fucking cares as yeah. long as you're working and doing what you love? Well, let me pose this to the table then as a question. Okay, so we've seen like the rise and fall of prolific actors, whether it be through drugs, alcohol, they them just kind of falling off in their tray in their craft. Mm-hmm. So like a, a person like Treat Williams, who consistently works and consistently puts in good roles, but uh, like. Do you feel that that's like more admirable than being that like two or three movie superstar as opposed to being like the person that kind of glues together all of these projects that you can kind of almost respect more than like say, oh, hey, I'm going to go off and do this like, huge blockbuster movie as opposed to like saying, hey, I'm going to put together a, you know, a, a body of work that spans three decades, mm-hmm. but you'll know every time you see me kind of deal. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I, as, as a person who's openly seeked fame, right? <laughs> You're going to live forever. Right? I personally would more along the lines of have a long lasting career of being that guy than instantly famous because there's a lot of people who are instantly famous for the wrong reasons. Right. You know, a lot of times you're also instantly famous and then you're. Out of fame, instantly infamous. Instantly out of fame. For remember, uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. John Heater was the big thing. It's been a minute. You know what I'm saying? And so, but Treat Williams again. 
he was consistently working and consistently leaving a good body of work. And the 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 part of the bad part about it is, at the time of this recording, the details are still coming out. But it was, on um, for all intents and purposes, an accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, he was, again, like somebody like Abe Vigoda, again, he left a great body of work, but that fucker was 125 years old. Right. You know, it's not like it was a skydiving accident. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke is still that putting- That would be so awesome yeah. to see Abe Vigoda skydiving. <laughs> he probably did it with Conan, <laughs> right? He probably did it with Conan. <laughs> what are you making me do? You Don't just, worry, you see his, like, his jowls are just <laughs> flapping. <laughs> There's Andy Richter. Oh, my God. Right? So like, no, but uh, <laughs> no. Dick Van Dyke is still up and around. Well, at right, not right now. We don't know. He's whether. fairly active, but though. he's yeah. still pretty active, you know. But at the same time, Treat Williams again. He was on Blue Bloods. Like his his episode probably just now went into syndication, <laughs> you know. And again, given the chance, he would probably be working till he was Ava Goda's age, jumping out of airplanes with Jimmy Fallon. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's the... To to long, short of your question, I would rather have a long body of work of being that guy Mm -hmm. and and loved by a smaller devotion of fans as opposed to, like, being loved instantly by tons of people and then hated the next day. Because that instant fame is as fleeting as it is. I would rather be respected and keep acting than loved and, you know... Having to uh, work at a coffee shop because I can't get another role. Uh, I mean, because fame, like people are famous, that doesn't mean fame pays the bills. Correct, it yeah. never. I mean, there's a number of people who are doing like you know, dancing with boxers or you know, or you know, um, f- f- boxing the famous and all that stuff. Like, why are they famous? They're famous for infamous things or nefarious things. That's why fame and like you know, dancing with the stars are. Remember when that first came out? It's like the star thing is kind of questionable. I was about to say, like, uh, like yeah. I knew like the first couple seasons, I knew those people, and then yeah. like the last couple seasons, I'm like, who the hell are these people? Like, yeah, am I? Are these influencers? Uh, what, are like, these TikTokers? Like anytime, anytime, <laughs> any one of the Real Housewives, you question, then you can question the celebrity aspect of yeah, it. You know what I'm true. saying? Film family member Arthur is going to have some words with you. I'm, I'm saying, I'm telling you, but at the same time. Okay. Hey, no Here's hate. Make your nut. I mean, do whatever you need do to do to make your do, nut. But, but at the same time, I'd rather be I'd rather be Ali Young than um, exactly than I don't know almost house, famous housewife <laughs> by the name of Portia That's from fair. New Jersey That's or fair. whatever. And it's one of those things that the more famous you are in a film, then it kind of limits to you than what the characters you can be. Like if you're trying to play, like yeah. I mean, you know, I the thing is I know character actors like mm. Richard Jenkins. Viola Davis, I felt like, used to be a character actor before she blew up with How to Get Away with Murder and then, you know, winning, all, which I'm like, hells yes, I wanted you to win all these awards. Like, thank goodness people are yeah, knowing it's validation who for you, you liking are. Them so yes. much. Yeah. Well, it's, and, but one of the things is like when you see these people and you know these character actors, then it's like, oh, you're going to be the killer. And it's like, well, wait, how do you know they're, it's like, because this person was in this, 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 and this. <laughs> I recognize them from this. So it's like, well, I don't know them. Like, yeah, that's why I do what I do and you do what you do. But it's like with Richard Jenkins and Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. I didn't recognize who the hell he was until the credits. And he was great. And he was amazing in Bone Tomahawk. But that's one of the things like you have, you don't get to do that when you've been the star of like 
all these different films. And I mean, they get amazing chances to completely reinvent themselves, which usually it's just like not necessarily phoning it in, but you get a different version of the same character if you have a star power. And I went back just watching a few of his film, filling in my filmography with him. I went back to 1979's Hair, Mm -hmm. watched that for the first time. His performance in that, it's just phenomenal. I mean, and like... Flo- every, and he's singing. Like oh, his yeah. whole, like, I got life. It's, oh, yeah. It's incredible. You know what he does? It's a PG-rated movie, but you know what you get to break out in it? The gong, gong. gong. Yep. <laughs> because Treat Williams was such an amazing diver, there's a scene when they're skinny dipping, he dives so well, like a per- perfect hit, no splash, you see full on. I'm like, So you get a go. treat of treat? It. Ah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a Maybe. sad movie, but it also goes to the strength of just a few years later, I then watched... He could uh, have been the Jason Statham of his day. Smooth Talk. Yep. And his brief appearance in that, when he is truly terrifying, but swinging on that car door, being mm-hmm. all kind of charming, and I'm like, damn, that that's, where, that's the guy you want to be, that you can weave from all of those kind of parts and sell them, each and every one, to the point where, when's the last time anyone watched, uh, God help me, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead? That's what I've seen that from oh me. Oh, my God. So That's good. That's the one with Andy so Garcia, right? <laughs> Andy Garcia and, you've I mean, it's got, again, it's I, all character I, actors, yeah. but you've got Treat Williams as Critical Bill. Yep. The Fecal Freak. Yep. And that whole sequence of, I am Godzilla, you are Japan. I'm not joking. I once, at an apartment I lived in, had a bit of a fly infestation, so I was running around killing flies, doing the "I am Godzilla, you are Japan," <laughs> like nuts, just weird, crazy shit. Like, but that movie, it's it's one of those Tarantino ripoffs, knockoffs, yeah. but he makes but it done that much well. better. Yeah. yeah, and then he gets to be take part in it. He, oh, he yeah. gets to be the standout guy from Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, again, the career he's had, it's. Un- he was in a Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He was in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Uh, adding yeah. to the level of the I voice mean, talent we've talked about he's on that. Fantas- Again, he's great in everything, everything he shows up. Fucking Miss Congeniality, too. Really? Shit. I, uh, goddamn. That guy. <clears throat> but even... And the, here's the thing, though. We, always talk, we talked about how long he's been working. And I think someone that works that often... Is consistently, someone, consistently, but it's someone that's probably maybe good to work with. Cool, yeah, fun to work you with. You can't be working that me- that long for that many people without either a knowing how to work with people mm-hmm. or at least bare minimum knowing how to do your fucking job. And when you with can no do ego, both like no ego. Yeah, you know. And that's what I heard about him. That's the for me the biggest loss is not only obviously the work that he didn't get to do. The fact that he was all by all intents and purposes a good a, dude. Yes, yeah. that's everyone. You know, looking at all the social media and people doing posts. That's what they said. Like this is a true loss. I am shocked. Like he was just always a breath of fresh air. You always knew like treats going to be there. This is going to be a joy to be on set today, and it's just a loss for everyone, especially his wife and his kids. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, that's, you just always see that. Uh, I mean, not always, but that's all I've seen are just these, these pouring of emotion 
for this guy that it just sucks that yeah. I mean it really does like and it's one of like when I did my post about it one I hate that it happened but I love that you know this is a guy that you know what we've said people don't you know, maybe didn't know his name and stuff. But people are like, oh my God, him? It's that dude. And to see that, I love it's like, him yes, in, this yeah. is this. I loved him in Deep Rising. Like, things to do in Tevron. It's like, and just the list of movies that come out from people. And that, I mean, it sucks, but it's like, yeah, this is a guy that people knew who he was, even if they didn't know who he was. Well, it's that unfortunate adage, um, you're not famous until you're dead. Yeah. You know, which is a bummer and sad because, again, the part tragedy that he was taken so soon, but he was always so good in everything he was in. He again, he understood the assignment. Every assignment. And I'm hoping that nowadays, with Jamie Lee Curtis's Oscar win, maybe a little bit more respect will be put on the genre actor name. I know that it's not going to be from right now, <laughs> but I hopefully with with that and un, the unfortunate passing of Treat Williams and people going, oh. That guy, I loved him in this, and I loved him in that. Maybe people will start remembering and noticing more of the character actors and love with the genre. And again, people who are good to work with, who understand the assignment and understand what type of movie they're going to be in. Like again, with Treat Williams, whether he's on Blue Bloods or he's headlining his own movie, or he's a background actor, or he's a side character in a sci-fi film. He's always one of the absolute best things about whatever he's in. And mm -hmm. what's crazy is the fact that Deep Rising is a movie that, number one, this is another entry that's gone from the I've seen that feed to the main feed, and that's usually a sign of a movie that I either was like, holy shit, we need to talk about it, or holy shit, why haven't we talked mm -hmm. about a movie like this? And then even better, when I kind of threw it out to Katie, I actually gave her like a list of films. I was like, hey, in fairness, here's some other films we could talk about. It was like, no, let's talk Deep Rising. It's a monster movie. It's Treat Williams. And it's a movie. And then I said, hey, hey, T, Katie's going to be in town and we're going to watch Deep Rising and talk about it. You want to come on in? Sure. <laughs> Dude, I love I love Deep Rising. I mean, I I haven't re revisited it since I watched it in the theater West okay. West Glen. So you saw it at the you oh, saw yeah. it theatrically. Yeah. You saw awesome. it at West Glen. Katie, Katie by any chance theatrical screening? Do you see that one in the theater? I do not think so. Okay. That's okay. Again, it's a it's while been, ago. I mean, that's also around the same time as like Titanic and all that stuff or like the year after and mm -hmm. stuff like so I'm I don't think I did, but I think I saw it on cable like the year after. Maybe I saw it in the theater. I mean, it's been a while. It's Impossible. been a while. It's, it's 25 been years. This is 25 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Genius. late 90s. The I was late with him. Okay. The, the yeah, course, the, the late 90s. Him. It was it was <laughs> like, you know, you had Deep Impact, Armageddon, Deep Rising. It blah, was the blah. thing to do. I mean, yeah, when, yeah. When, you, when, you, when you can't really go to a lot of the bars, yeah. and you go Dude, to the movies. We, we saw a ton of shit in the late you know, 90s, man. You, you go to the movies when you can't go to the bars. So that being said, then, when do you think, you know, Dustin, so it's been since the theater oh, yeah, since yeah, you saw been, it. Yeah. I saw it two years ago, talked about it. Katie, when's the last time you probably interacted with Deep Rising? I would say probably 10 years ago. I believe there was a, I believe it was playing on sci-fi. And it's one that, I mean, when Benny does that, you know, line, like, what, 
what is this? It's like, I believe it's the girl from Ipanema. I mean, it's a classic. It was, I remember it being in the trailer. It was in all, every single one of the commercials. Like, that is the line from the film. Like, it's the girl from Ipanema. Uh, and, you know, once that, once that was on, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a watch. I remember this being fun, you know. And it is, I mean, it's like us, you know, watching it together, like, those are solid effects. I mean, those are solid, solid practical effects. Solid stunts. I mean, there's really no CGI except for the monster. And for CG that hasn't aged all that... 1998 it's CGI. Not bad. It's not bad. No. Yeah. And I think this is goes to the fact that there's a good combination of practical and the CG, which is something that was established back in 94 with Spielberg and Jurassic Park, that you can find a way to make all that work. And I will give credit then to one Stephen Summers, who I know is somewhat of a divisive filmmaker. And How? I, know, I fucking love Stephen Summers movies. <laughs> Stephen Summers, I will go to bat for Stephen Summers movies. Even Rise of Cobra, while it's not the best one of his work, I, 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 know, I know we're having this debate, but you're like... going to have a talk on Media Rewind, aren't no, you? No, like like I always say, man, I can't hate on anybody for loving stuff, no. because I, I am I'm one of those people. I will plant the flag on Predator's Mountain. You know, right? I, I've I've watched. I like them all. that movie too, though. Yeah, but it's like I I okay. I don't have the not necessarily vitriol that I have toward Michael Bay for what he did with some of the, the some of his choices with the Transformers films. Uh -huh. Not my tea. Again, I'm a mid 40s year old guy living in the Midwest, so the Transformers movies weren't made for me. Right. I understand that, but it was just like when GI Joe came out. I'm just like, okay, yeah. well, okay, but I gotta, I fucking Deep Rising was okay. the shit. That's a plus. The Mummy was dope. That's a plus. The second Mummy was but, dope too. Okay. Sans the Scorpion King. The first, okay, the last, up until the, the CGI until on the Scorpion, Scorpion King. King. I'll the give you that was, one. Okay, that was dope. Okay, Van Helsing. Okay. Van Helsing was dope, all right? Odd Thomas. You guys, Odd Thomas. I don't care what he did. Every, any, Odd Thomas look, was slick. Yeah. I liked Joe, Odd Thomas. I, I forgive him for G.I. Joe because of Odd Thomas. But Odd Thomas is one of those m movies that anytime I see it, I get teary. Like, he's like really... It, he really only made those mo those main movies. All did, of the other he ones do he's the, done... Did he do the third films. Scorpion King film? Nope. Okay. Then, he just then I, did... All Stephen Summers. This is Stephen Summers. Uh, after his main first movie was the uh, Jungle. He wrote the screenplay for the Jungle Book, right? But then he wrote and directed Deep Rising. He wrote and directed The Mummy. He wrote and directed The Mummy Returns. He wrote and directed Van Helsing. He wrote and directed Scorpion King. Uh, no, he wrote direct. He wrote Scorpion King, and then uh, he wrote the another uh, Mummy movie. And he directed Odd Thomas and Cobra. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think he's got a pretty solid body of work because fucking I like his movies. Well, and the one thing I will say, if, you're, if you had to think of, like, one word to describe a Stephen Summers Fun. Story. All of his movies are just fun. They're like those old school blockbusters that he goes, this isn't going to be like a fun movie for people to just sit there and fucking watch and have a good time. Why didn't we get a Stephen Summers, uh, like Indiana Jones film or something along those we lines? We kind of did. It didn't with the wait. mummy? He kinda, yeah. 
he kind of crosses genres. He yeah, like he, he well. likes playing that. He likes hey, I like action adventure movies from the forties and shit. But I also like monsters and shit. Let's put mm-hmm. the two together. Let's put let's put Nathan Drake with a sea monster. Let's put Indiana Jones with a mummy. Yeah. Let's put Wolverine with Frankenstein and Dracula. <laughs> you know, so like, I think he is. And I feel like I'm I'm not going on the def- on the defense. Your Honor, I'm here to defend Stephen Summers. No, but I feel like you know, like that he does get a lot of vitriol. But like at the yeah. same time, I think his movies are nothing but fun. He yeah. just wants to make fun movies. And Deep Rising oh. is probably one of his magnum opuses. And this is only my second time watching it now. And really, yeah, oh yes, really. Because I've seen it like about five, six times. I really dig this movie. Well, I've I seen knew a lot. The reputation. I knew it was Treat Williams. I knew. Some of the character actors that were involved, and this was the best part watching with you all, is all of us. Cavalcade. They're in this? Like Cliff Curtis is in this? I yes. forgot Fleming. how many people, how many that Jason guys are Fleming. in. Jason Fleming? Okay, what are you so doing I, here? I have to ask you, and I, I want to know this from each of you who is the actor or actress that is. That guy or that girl that will instantly you're you're kind of on the fence of watching the movie, but when you see him pop up, you're like, "Fuck it, I'm all in. I'm a hundred percent in." Cliff Curtis is definitely one of those. Okay. Living Cliff or dead? Cliff Curtis is definitely Doesn't one matter. of those. Oh, George Kennedy. Okay. <laughs> oh. Do, 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 do. Every uh, time I see do, the end, George Kennedy do, do, do. or Anne Donald Pleasance, I know I'm gonna have a good time. <laughs> Alfred Molina. Oh, very good. You know yeah. what? Because I mean, one kudos to this this guy that he can play almost he can play it so many different nationalities, like in a way that I've never seen that before. Like, I honestly don't know what his background is because he's played. It's almost like Ben Kingsley when he's done so many different. It's and like, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, and yeah. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Greg, what about you? Um, Lake Heath Stansfield. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like Stansfield. He is one of those cats that when he shows up, no matter whether it's a smaller part or right. a larger one, his presence, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. But you know, in the credits, the and yeah. is oh. going to be, they're going to be key. They're going to yes. be vital and they're going to stand out. And they're going to have probably like, uh, like cool part, like, cool role. Like your uh, Mandy moment. Oh, with in Bill Duca's Carruthers? Yeah. <laughs> God damn, that was a nice moment. <laughs> Just going in blind. And again, how many of us then, let's go to like a scumbag roll call. We have <laughs> Kevin J. O'Connor. Dun, 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 dun. Glenn West Curtis. Studi. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we were like, hey, West Studi's in it. Let's start with West Studi. Yeah. Who, I mean, I know. He's from here, right? Uh, I know he's friends with Kevin Wilmot. I think because I'm, I met him on the campus of KU. Okay. I, th- yeah. I I think he's from here. I think he's actually from Lawrence, if I That's remember right. Honestly, him and Courtney B. Vance are my that. Yeah, because I think yeah. I think he went to Haskell, if I if I remember my West Studi. Your West Studi studies. Yeah, That's perfect. And God, God, I will take him because West Studi is he's fucking rad. When he guys. showed up in Mystery Men. That was my first, like, oh, cool, it's the Sphinx. And so from then on, I'm like, that it's West Studi from Mystery Men. So he's, like, from Mystery Men so to me. weirdly enough for me, he's, God help me, he's kind of Sagat from Street Fighter. Oh, <laughs> yes. For better or worse. Because, again, knowing his body of work, again, and it's so much good last stuff. Last Mohicans I, I, I will, I will never, I mean, last I will the never trash that yeah. film. Okay. Last I will, last I, no, I will never trash Street Fighter just because I know what Raul Julia did that movie for. 
So that it, it, it is and Raul Julia. It is instantly on the the like the, the the top shelf of you know. Hey, the movie might not be as faithful to the source material, as but possible. it's fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fun. So we talked Cliff Curtis, who is just another perennial that guy, classic yes. and contemporary <laughs> perennial that guy. That yeah. guy. he's in Megalodon. He's, he's in Megalodon. He's in, and he's in Megalodon too. And he also shows up in a, probably my favorite, just in terms of when he just blends in, is that little brief part in Training Day. Yeah. When he's with another that guy, was it Raymond Cruz? Raymond Cruz is dope. I mean, yeah, there so. are a number of those guys in Training Day that are like that <laughs> guy. Yeah. It has to be yeah. fun then. Yeah. I'm talking about Smiley? Yes. Talk about Smiley. And you get to throw all those cats into genre movies. Where monsters are going to come after them, zombies, <laughs> slashers, they're going to turn on each other, but they're going to do it well because they're amazing character actors. <laughs> when, yeah. when Cliff Caven was the Maui uh, warrior in Hobbs and Shoal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaiman Hansu. Uh, who? Oscar nominee, Jaiman Hansu. Oh. Yeah. Who? And I know we're still talking to character actors. Listen, they're all red shirts, they're all going to die. Okay, knowing two years ago when I watched this movie, his demise. I was peripherally watching you all when he took the axe to the head out of nowhere. <laughs> Amazing. It's great. Great. It's out and it's just goes to show you. Okay, the practical effects. Well, let's oh, keep yeah. well, before we before we go before we go, before we go yeah, we got to finish this comeback roll because oh, there's a lot of Jason, great Jason there's a lot Fleming. of great death, there's a lot of great gore and we'll talk about it, but we got to keep on this oh, guy. Derek O'Connor. Derek O'Connor. And then also Kano. Trevor Goddard. <laughs> I think, Katie, you immediately were like, oh, it's that guy again. Yeah. Well, it's, and we were like, well, it's Kano. And this is the old school Kano that sadly he did pass away in 2003. He is actually no longer with us. Jason mm-hmm. Fleming. But Jason Fleming, who is an... Uh, I, He's a huge... It's like any movie that Matthew Vaughn does, Jason Fleming's That's in. Right. Even it, big or small, It's you're always going to see a Jason Fleming he, performance. Is he in Lock, Stock, and smoke, Two Smoking Barrels? Yep. Yeah. All the stuff across the pond. And Clifton Powell. Clifton Powell. Who, Dustin, you at one point were like, yeah, he was the one guy in Rock. Yeah, yeah, he played the drug dealer that tried to muscle Rock out of his neighborhood. <laughs> right? Where Rock had to throw the smack down. Uh, we've also got Derek O'Connor playing the captain. Mm-hmm. And I think also, Katie, you and I both had that connection when he was one of the South African baddies Yeah, from Lethal Weapon 2. He's the worst baddie mm-hmm. He's from the Lethal one that- Weapon. Changed your life, man. That's right. He's the one that killed Riggs' mm. wife. Yes. And then we have um, Una it, Damon, who was in The Truman Show and Gattaca. Oh, that's right. Yes. And hey. oh. And sorry, I'm going to say uh, the one that you're going to know his face, mainly because of a hugely famous film. But usually when you see him, he's al- it's always like, oh, you're that guy, which is Anthony Heald. Anthony Heald. Yeah. Anthony Heald. I mean, he's always, always the like, worst. Oh, he's always the worst. Oh, wait, who's going to be? Oh, uh, you're going to be a jerk. Oh, he's God. awful. But- he was actually in an episode of Poker Face, and he was such a sweet person. I was like, Good. Look at you playing like against character, or playing something that I wasn't expecting. I love that. Well, and he's also part of <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, so yeah. Always yeah, he is. Tangentially, he's the one having oh, yeah. the old friend for dinner, oh, yeah. right? For dinner. Yeah, a place there. But one thing about Stephen Summers, and we're still oh. in the we're still in the creep yeah. roll call. One thing about <laughs> Stephen Summers 
that you're guaranteed is going to happen in there. They're apparently they're old buddies or something. But Kevin J. O'Connor fucking always steals the show right. in every single movie that he's in with this guy with he, Ke- with uh, Steven Summers. He's the De Niro to Summers the Scorsese. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. It hit he's me. the sauce that makes it the, the thing thing great. And another character actor that has been working early on, dude. He is. He's been in everything. He's, he's in Steel Magnolias. Yeah, he is Daryl Hannah's boyfriend at the very end. That's in the bunny outfit. Something this side of Critters too, man. But he's always going to be Benny. Yeah. From the mummy to the me, mummy. yeah. You know, every time I see him, no matter what, I'm like, that's Benny. You know, like even during this thing, I'm like, oh, watch out, Benny. The missiles <laughs> are armed. So it's well, and he kind of steals the show in this he one. He steals the show in every Stephen Summers thing because he lets the thing. It's like, for example, if Dustin was uh, directing a movie, he'd probably say, okay, you probably got something planned to do something stupid. We're gonna let you do your stupid thing. Sure, you're, like, you're okay, cool. You know, well, and it's funny. You got we, are, uh, Katie. You mentioned the fact that the girl from Eponema, that was not a Kevin J. O'Connor improv. Oh, it was Treat Williams came up with it and gave it to him, and See? said it would be better with your character. That is character actor collaboration mm-hmm. and synergy, man. Yeah, like, that to me is just gives you everything you need to know about them, like. You know, bouncing off of each other and letting these characters live and be the characters. Yes, but then also be surrounded by chaos and squiddly diddly. Yeah. Now, speaking of squiddly diddly, now when you're on paper, it almost feels like Batman. This isn't the Famke Jansen squiddly diddly movie that I wanted, but it's the Famke Jansen squiddly diddly movie that I deserve. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you you really adopted Squiddly Diddly. I was raised in it, molded in it. I didn't see animated Lost Diddly of Mine. <laughs> and it's 1998 Famke Jensen, so wow. this is before... Before Jean Grey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. This yeah. is right after Goldeneye? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's right after Goldeneye. Right after, uh, I, what was her name? Something Ivanka on the top? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the top. What mm-hmm. was that again? Uh, Xenia on a top. Xenia on a top. That's right. I got to think to my in 64 days to think. <laughs> no one really wanted to pick her, but they all were all kind of like, I'll do it. But this, it's it's Famke Jensen. And and we were all being classy about it, but we were mentioning. She's stunning. She's yeah, stunningly beautiful in this movie. I mean, it's seriously breathtaking. And kudos to the wardrobe for finding that magic, magical beater. Magic, magical wife t- white tank top that. <sighs> Somehow did not make it like, oh, look, I'm not wearing a bra. I am wearing it. It's like, it doesn't, it's like completely, she's in that water almost 24-7, and yet it is fine. Thank you, wardrobe, for not being jerks about that. Because believe me, it is 1998, and that could have gone a very different way. There are way. enough movies that are creeps yeah. when it comes to that stuff. It's not that kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think you really find that in a Stephen Summers no, movie. No, because he, he lets, like, for example, in uh, Van Helsing, when Kate Beckinsale comes up, she's stunningly gorgeous in her corset and low-cut top, but it's never anything... And while there is like yeah, Dracula, I'm going to bite her and I'm going to diddle her. Right? There's nothing like overtly sexual about her or Famke Jansen. She's mm-hmm. stunning, but she's not like, ooh, look at me, boy. You know, it's not that kind of movie. And that's one good thing. That's you know, it it's unnecessary in this action movie. Yeah. When you're dealing with giant monsters, mm-hmm. there's bigger fish to fry than like Famke Jansen having this weird like. Sexual subplot B, you know. 
Well, even when the uh, character of Layla, like she takes off her tank because it's soaking wet, she puts it on. You don't see above the, cl- you know, you don't right. see uh, below the clavicle. She ta- she puts the gray one back on. She, um, she another one on again. Nothing that's like over, like oh, you know, I'm wearing this tank top, but guess what? You know, it's like thank you, 1998, for not being that. Not movie. being creepy. <laughs> and even when Famke Jansen takes off her party dress and when she's in the thing, nobody says shit about it. Yeah. Right. Nobody. She's not not even like turn around, boys, or anything like that. She's like whatever, and everybody's still doing their own thing. Like everybody's just well, like they're just yelling and freaking out. I mean, and because yeah. really there's bigger <laughs> things to worry about than nipples. Now, yeah. had we gotten Paul Verhoeven's deep rising, nobody would really care. Oh. Everybody yeah. exactly. taking their clothes off all the time, nudity. like, eh, whatever, you know, cool. But you would have gotten it, but it would have been played differently. <laughs> yeah. That's the well, that's what I like, though. <laughs> with Tree Williams is looking a pole or something like that, you know? Oh. I think Deep would have been, like, very, like, big on on the marquee, <laughs> and then Rising would have been, like, uh, yeah, it would have been... Definitely, and the ship well, would have been like very phallic. At least like, you didn't yeah. do like a Joe Esterhaus's deep rising. Jesus Christ, that well, would have been that would have been worse. That could have veered into that level of squiddly diddly. Yeah, but this movie is very nineties. Mm-hmm. Fun from fuck. the cast, which we talked, to the tech, which was another computer. <laughs> Please insert CD ROM. <laughs> Which was the onion of the belt yeah. at the time. Yeah. I, I still have CD ROMs. Yeah. <laughs> How many of you are still holding those AOL discs that some that they make great coasters. <laughs> they make great coasters and make good folk art when you're trying to make mobiles <laughs> to sell at the local like swap, swap meet. <laughs> well they're, they're fun frisbees. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Let me ask you this all because I know I've been on a cruise before and fuck all that noise. Genius obvious, we know where you stand. Mm-hmm. Dustin, have you been on a cruise before? No. Would you go on a cruise? No. Okay. I, I have an aversion to, like, I, I've been deep sea fishing, and that's about as far as I will go, and that's still, like, ratcheted up my anxiety, because even at 6'2", 270 pounds, I'm a big fucking dude. I'm still an hors d'oeuvre for a lot of shit that's right. swimming around in the fucking ocean. The closest thing to a cruise I've ever been on is that fucking uh, McDonald's on a like an old steamboat Dude, and thing, and, and I just got my food and got off there. Granted, I'm a very bland fucking cracker for whatever the hell's swimming around in there. I'm very like you know saltine yeah i'm, I'm very non-flavorful well i don't know i eat a lot of tacos but yeah dude you're fucking you're, you're fucking like you're not quite a flaming hot cheeto but you're also like you're one of those saltine crackers with like the little bit of tabasco cooked into it ah uh, yeah i'm, I'm yeah. maybe one of those rosemary and cracked pepper triscuits. yeah there you go not quite not quite bland and flavor in it but pretty damn salty but with a little bit of flavor a little Casey, bit of spice cruising yes or no I have been on a ship. It was the National Geographic ship when I went to Antarctica. It was not as big as that monstrosity that was in Deep Rising at all. <laughs> not at all. However, when, like during the scenes where the, uh, Storm is going and all that stuff. We, you know, have to go through the Drake Passage. And when I went through the Drake Passage the first time, my stomach kind of stayed back on land and eventually (laughs) kept up with, you know, caught up in Antarctica. But then on the way back, that was a whole different... I mean, 
that was a, ooh, how do I say this? Let's just say that um, how I felt on the way there, I would say 80% of the passengers felt on the way back, considering they like left the uh, captain's table when at dinner because they couldn't hold their stomach. Like at one point, I thought we were going to do the Poseidon and it was going to flip. Oh hell like, no! Oh, no. It was. It was at a point where it was like this and everything. Sorry, I'm going up and down. Visually, yeah, it looks terrifying. Yeah, uh, and style. when I was uh, staying with my cousin who worked on the ship and. She has all these little trinkets on a shelf and stuff like that. The boat tipped so much that everything came down on the shelf. And it was like, are we going to freaking flip? Because this is some terrifying crap. I felt fine stomach-wise. Totally had my sea legs, all that stuff. But if anyone has seen... Uh, Triangle of Sadness. Yep. That, the, yeah. that. Yep. Um, I the one of the reasons why I love that film so much is like, look, y'all, I have been there. I can relate to this film where many people cannot. And I have seen this when people say this can't happen. It can, it did. I was there, I'm a witness. <laughs> you got wet. It's yeah. okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's oh, fine. That's terrifying. Fuck all that yeah. noise. But Fuck I mean, it was a beautiful noise. adventure, nope. just uh-uh. I hate the Drake passage. <laughs> Uh, uh, no. It's always going to empathy with the people that we find ourselves in our movies. So the second I know, we go on sea for genius that goes out the door. Nope. But the one thing that sold us... your own fault. You get eaten by a shark, it's your fault. As we find, it's what, the 1%? Yeah. Yeah. The the very, very rich. The rich. Oh, the smugness of Anthony Hill. If you can afford a pleasure cruise, you can afford what you get. Pleasure you know cruise. Okay, pleasure cruise, which means... There, and there's a business cruise as well. Well, do you think, though, with a pleasure cruise, at one point when the Squidly Diddly arrived, do you think there was someone that was like... All right, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. this kind of party. Going. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. I paid good money. Well... We I ha- I I put my reservation in the dreams of the fisherman's wife suite for a reason. <laughs> and he makes mention that like everyone is here to make your dreams come true. So the extended nobody talks about it on love boat. <laughs> and we're on international waters, so anything goes with a lot of that shit. That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> monkey knife fights on the deck and shit. Somebody's sea monster fantasy came true <laughs> last night on Deep Rising. But suddenly there's the point where it gets, I guess, taken a little bit too far, and that's where we get the chaos. And we've talked about it before, but the practicality of the stunts, of the people getting tossed oh, back yeah. and forth. I feel bad for some of those stunt people. Well, this thing, shit look like it hurt. Lady got her head bounced off the floor. <laughs> like a basketball. Like a lot, a lot. The chaos. But here's the thing. As much, and we'll talk about a little bit more depth and chaos and gore and all that stuff, you don't see anybody really get it. You see a lot of aftermath. Yeah, you yeah. see a lot of splatter. But you, the, the aftermath is extremely gory. But the stunts and the ma- the just the sheer amount of chaos that went in during the <laughs> shipwreck scene was so wonderful, and it came out of nowhere because in a lot of things you see, even like the Poseidon Adventure, and even yep. in disaster films, when the disaster happens, there's a lot of disaster, but it's very brief and quick cut. They showed a lot of different angles and a lot of different people getting fucked up in a lot of different ways. A lot of sugar glass getting used and busted, yes. which we appreciate. 
but then literally parts of the sets looking like they are about to squash people. People bouncing their heads off like, of tables mm. and floors and other people. And I don't want to say it's, it's chaos. This was before you could CG a lot of that stuff, but this is where we talk about the practicality of actual light bouncing off mm-hmm. of these people. It's effective. In fact, we technically don't get our official like first sighting of the creatures until about 45 minutes into the movie. Right. Good. And That's a good yeah. sign of a movie. That's the way it's supposed to be. And it's tense, too. It almost, it almost is a more serious water-bound tremors. Because there's even that scene where they're being chased and the, the, the whole like cool tunnel aspect. But the really impressive one was the hallway scene where the monster is destroying the walls on the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it looks so cool. And it's we still haven't seen the monster what it is. We just know something bad and gnarly is on the other side. And that's one thing. It's a lot of show. I mean, uh, Tell, don't show, but mm-hmm. when it shows, you're like, God damn, that's gory. Yeah. That is extremely gory. And again, the practicality of it, the fact that everything but sans the monster is practical mm-hmm. there in your face. The gore is there, real, the splatter, the skulls. Well, a lot of the design and a lot of the practicality does come from a freaking legend, and that is Rob Botin. Makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. But the fact that uh, Industrial Light and Magic came on at the very last minute to actually help them make a lot of the CG better. Pop. But, and they took it on as like a little no-paying job, but apparently, because I watched some of the extra features, they were hyped to get to work on a giant underwater monster movie. Because they're cool. That's just it. They're yeah. all these fan, this fans of this kind of genre. And the fact that they're making... A giant underwater monster movie that's it's a going k- kaiju places. subset, and it goes yeah. along with our the kaiju primal aspect of smashy smashy smashy. smashy it's yeah. again when you're in the water, it's that primal aspect. Whether you embrace the fear of there's something bigger out there than something bigger out there than you realize, or you're like, oh cool, there's big monsters smashy smashy the boats. You know, there's something cool, it's still uh, very and cool. terrifying oh. about underwater monsters and. In particular, underwater monsters. And the way we find out how and what it does to you, or what it undoes to you, as we see when that guy gets spit out. When he's like, you know, he wasn't spit out, he was cut out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Big difference, because we were mentioning it, how, yes, the special effects are not as good as something we would see now, but... For them being made in 1998, they held up quite well. Yeah. When you saw the handprint yes, in that's... the tentacle mm-hmm. body of it, I was like, yes, you're right. That's impressive. And then that's when they cut the per- the thing open yeah. and the yeah. guy reveals. I-, I was waiting for him to go, ah, it burns your pain. You know, but the fact that you're being digested and eaten yes. alive. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and that's just cruel and it's... just slow, the slow, slow death. And then spit out nope style. Yeah. <laughs> spit and... out nope style. And then the dissolve of the face, mm-hmm. practical, CG, really well blended. It reminded me of the mummy. Yes. You know yes. when the mummy, we yes. first see him, you're like, like that. Yeah. You can see where Steven, see, he's the crawling Steven so he can start stamp. running. Yeah. But that makes sense. And, this does lean into some brutality. The axe to the head is brutal. Cliff Curtis's character, when he's getting dragged along. Yeah, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yes. And that it, gave me a big it giggle. Did give you a giggle. And then same thing with the axe to the head. It, the fact that one, I was not expecting it because I that's Whoa. one of those ones where like, holy shit. And the fact that 
it was practical and it yes. looked great. Yes. It was a good axe kill. Well, well and we get, uh, yeah, Jaimon Hanzo with the axe kill, but then we get those three poor people who were in the vault that we have no clue who they are, what their names are, they got and the they just get all, yeah, all shot up to hell, and it's like, well, that did lady. you well. Yeah. One was an old lady. It's like, hey, Dorothy, clutch your pearls. <laughs> I'd like to think that's the day that Dean Cundy was shooting second AD. I was like, I got something for my carpenter days. I'll pull in. You guys will love this one. So, carpenter, so then carpenter says to me, hey, Dean, check this out. You're going to love it. It's called squibs. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. And yeah, Dean Cundy worked on this film, just adding to the pedigree yeah. of everything and everyone involved. For, like, Stephen Summers' first big-budget Hollywood Dude. movie, Dude, you he got... got some I mean, fucking... He, he must have pictures or something. Yeah, like he yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, let's talk about, let's talk about the score. Let's Ooh. talk about that. Uh, well, yeah, we were, and we were commenting yes. throughout <laughs> the film as this is done by the great Jerry Goldsmith. And he's another one of those... I will say this. His ponytail is maybe only paralleled and I don't know if it's greater than, but Rick Baker and him... Right. <laughs> Nothing's going to beat Mick Garris, though. Well, Mick Garris doesn't really wear it in the ponytail. No, but he's though. got the long... If they ever... Flowing. Soon locks. Yeah, he does. It's flowing. But... It's- He's kind of doing, we were saying not necessarily a greatest hits, but we, we did kind of, we looked at, we developed a, a hierarchy of not necessarily mimicry, but <laughs> how much do I like myself and how much do I like that little snippet from Gremlins? Well, like we said, there's a, there's a fine line between homage and straight up thievery, but I think when it's to yourself, yeah. I think all bets are off. I think it's like whatever you hire me for my sound, so I'm gonna give you my sound. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Here's this one I call the Gremlin Suite. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. At least we didn't have like the monster going. Jay Williams, and then I said they're like swimming around trying to eat people. You know, we got a. Although Joe Dante's Deep Rising would have been kind of cool. That would be really good. One of the tentacles is dressed in drag. <laughs> One's talking. Well, and then you'd still have a good cavalcade of character actors. Yeah, you yeah, got Dick exactly. Miller. Then you'd have a, you, yeah, exactly. You replace. Uh, you got Picardo in there. Right, Robert Picardo's in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, the Dick Miller players. Um, Phoebe Cates instead of Famke <laughs> But she's always. But she's like. Oh, man, this is a terrible way to spend our 4th of July. Don't mention 4th of July. Why? Last time I was on a boat in 4th of July, there was this other thing. Like, God damn it, baby. My uncle had this. Yeah. So we did get a snippet of aliens in there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. One. But then we also noticed that Stephen Summers himself was also doing a little uh, tip of the hat to the point where I think, Your Honor, we represent the James Cameron estate. This is the season <laughs> to desist. Multiple times we're like, well... There's that fine line, and then there's that, oh, shit, we need to stop this right away. Yeah. But I think it's my thing because <laughs> I want to feel, and because of his movies, that Stephen Summers is squarely in the turbo kid camp. I think so. I, oh, think, yeah. I think it's yeah. more done with homage than blatant thievery, although <laughs> the case could be made, but at the same time, it's not <laughs> like, you know, 
he's got space marines and like characters named Vasquez, and there's one like Ripley, you know. So it's 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 adjacent. Ad- it you know what? But it still makes it fun. Yes. Yeah. It's not yes. it's not a deal breaker. It's not even be, no. There's no beef with it, right? Mm-mm. Not at all. Mm-mm. Um, something that should be said. Number one. The uh, we kind of have uh, Chekhov's jet ski, which I really appreciate once we hop on board. And to show I'm kind of down with the kids, I know I'm not much of a modern gamer, but there's a jet ski sequence in the end of Resident Evil 4. Leon. That is, yes, that is straight from this film. So yeah, it, it actually is. made me feel like, yeah, it is kind of cool and down because those bloggers could kind of be squiddly diddly when they when it's deep rising when their heads come off. Oh, yeah, that's what the Necronomicon didn't get you, yeah, in Evil Dead Rise. But there's a reason why I think we didn't get full-on amazing CG. We got the, you know what, we're putting our best foot forward CG, is the fact that the role of Finnegan was originally written for Harrison Ford. Get off my squiddly diddly. <laughs> and it makes sense I, when we're talking off mic. Yes. When you look at kind of the character, the way he was written... Some of the catchphrases that he's throwing out there, it makes sense. But then when Harrison Ford was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this monster uh, movie. That's just it. They cut half the budget, and then you bring in Treat Williams, which I'm going to throw this out here. The hierarchy of these kind of actors, at the very top, we have a Harrison Ford. That's the first offer, right? Mm -hmm. You can't get Harrison Ford. Hey, you know what would probably do maybe something like this? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell laughs, goes, ha, 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 no thanks. And then hands it down, and then you get Treat Williams. So okay. let me ask you this. In that triumphant, taking it back to something we used to do on Nerds Live, not classy then, not classy now, but if you had to FMK, Treat Williams, Kurt Russell, and Harrison Ford, throwing down anyone? Ooh, Jesus. I'm down. I'm ready. Do it. What do you got? So I am going to off Harrison Ford because he just seems like too much of a curmudgeon to me, right? So he's gone off the table. Now, here's the question. Kurt Russell, is he just going to be a hit and quit? Or am I going to um, just have my way with treat as like a treat to myself? So (laughs) I think personally. I think I'm going to marry Treat Williams because he just seems like a genuine dude. And not saying that, like, Kurt Russell's not a genuine dude, but I just see think, like, Treat Williams just seems more approachable. He seems more like... In your wheelhouse. It's right, realistic. Right, And I'm going to treat, like, like, Kurt Russell as a hall pass because I'm a star fucker. And, like, he's... He's more has that mystique of star fucking because of the last words of Disney, right? So, like... I'm going to just like you know he's side piece, but that, I'm a merry treat. That's on brand. Every that's day. on brand. Every day's a treat with treat. Katie, Dustin, why don't you go? Because I know what I'm going to say. All right. So the kill, I'm gonna have to go treat. Sorry. Yeah, just right off the right off the bat. Dude, just dude, dude, come on, man. That's been poor. On our in memoriam episode, know, that's just. That's bad, I mean, that's I bad. know it's. A, I, I've, ne- I, I've never been PC on any of your episodes, so don't act like I'm off brand. <laughs> you know, I would say the messages of Dustin Bryan do not represent uh, Nightmare Junkhead or Media Rewind, but I mean, at the same time, they kind of do. They kind of do. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna f Harrison Ford because I'm gonna show him my short round. <laughs> then oh, he's gonna say, "Get God. off my ass!" <laughs> <laughs> but 
but then I mean, dude, who wouldn't want to marry Kurt Russell? I mean, the, the Man, hair, apparently, the, the laugh. You just like you going on adventures. Let's ask Goldie how she feels about that. I'm sure dude, they've been married for like seventy-five fucking years. It can't so be. So there's got to be something holding them together. They've right? been in a committed relationship yeah, for married. forty years. Oh, pardon yeah. me. committed relationship for like <laughs> a half a century. Katie. So, uh, I think marriage is an antiquated system, so I would <laughs> not marry anyone. I would have an exploration of sexual awakening for the blonde in front with all three, because I think all three would be gentle, giving, and sensuous lovers, and then I would kill myself because I'd be on a high from that. La, Thank da, you, da, blonde in front out. La, <laughs> da, da, da. We just wrote the blonde in front society. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should change my like summoning to like. Whether it be Kurt Russell or the shunt, nothing can top the blonde in front. <laughs> that's genius. I mean, no offense there, good sir, but that's how you that's that's how you answer that question. That's phenomenal. So what was you, question master? Have a oh, I have to go after shit, I should have exactly. gone before that one. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I should have went first. So I, I'm actually gonna agree with you. I am gonna go ahead and um, take out Mr. Ford because uh-huh. he he's cantankerous. However, I'm gonna let him fly a plane, <laughs> and just let and just let things happen <laughs> as they do. Its course, goddamn! I am it's going fucking to dark in here. Down here <laughs> yeah, I'm marrying Treat because I feel like every Sunday morning he can tell me about every crazy role that he played and the journey he took, and I I want him to sing to me. You know, I've got my teeth, I got my liver, I got my ass. You know. <laughs> Come on. He's over there talking about pancakes. Yeah, I played a serial rapist earlier today on the SVU, and then later on I had to go play like a devoted father on a Lifetime Christmas movie. How was your day, honey? (laughs) Thanks, Treat. And yes, I'm getting freaky with Kurt Russell because, yes, if you know the show, but but my stipulation Uh is I want, I kind of want Goldie to watch. Why did I Sin- know you were going to say that? Sit there, like, sit like, in, like, in the like dark. Style, like over Take the off dark. your pants. Yeah. Sit in the dark, just Slowly. lighting a... And just why did I feel like she was going to be smoking, Slide too? Like, you were like... Do it quicker. Quicker. Now do it slower. However... While, while Wildcat's rap is playing <laughs> in the background. Wildcat. <laughs> Sock it to me, baby. That's, uh... So, yeah. Oh, Christ it's almighty. So, so kings. it should be... Better than diamond, diamond rings. rings. That's did, why I mean, I'm just saying. Did the ten o'clock ball? Did the ten o'clock <laughs> media rewind curse of slap happiness extend to nightmare <laughs> junkie? It, it, it's got to be the table. It's cursed. It's got to uh, be like after ten o'clock. It just seems like it's it. got a giddy curse. After ten o'clock, there's no fucking holds barred. The train. This is supposed to be like a memorial of, memorial tree of Williams, a wonderful person, right? Yeah. And, and, and we're we talking about deep here. rising. We're him. Well, I know. And I'm killing myself afterwards. After we make exactly. sweet, sweet love with two fucking other it's men. Like, like at the end of it's the end of shivers. <laughs> fucking are all in the pool, <laughs> huh? but they're giant kaiju shivers. That's what this was. It's this is deep rising. Pool. It's fine. It's deep fine. shivers. That's what we just okay, watched. Shivers. Here's a way to bring it all back. So the first time I watched this film was uh, in honor in of in a shunting. Not nope. a shunting, oh, okay. but June exploitation, oh. which is something. 
Uh, friend of the show, uh, Patrick Bromley and F This Movie, they do every year. Patrick's dope. Yay! Love Patrick. Everyone here loves Patrick. Good, 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 awesome dude. Love F This Movie. Chicago, and that, yay! That, of course you <laughs> I know, that's, the, that's your town. But I watched it the first time for Junesploitation. Now, today's genre and topic for Junesploitation is Fulci. Oh. And when I mentioned that at the very beginning... I was like, well, hopefully, maybe. We'll get giant-sized Fulci. Something might happen. Sure enough, we got giant-sized Fulci. And not only when that moment happened. Not only did we get a Fulci, but it also went, it yeah, popped. It, 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 it did pop. pop. It, it did pop. pop. And that's another it thing I kind of like pop. about Stephen, uh, Stephen Summers. Every now and then, he'll throw cartoon sound effects. Well, because if you remember, when they're talking in the galley, all the guys are talking, and Jaiman Hansu's like, he's trying to make the guy throw up. Oh, that's right. And he's like, he's like, you know, you, I want to eat an oh, elephant eyeball because you get the. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, that's disturbing. Shit. The, when we see the remains of the people and all the gore and the viscera, it is so gnarly. For a second, when there's like you hear the people screaming, I thought Ooh, like they yeah. were still alive, I and I was yeah. like, oh. that even takes a terrible turn. Yeah. Uh, but when we get the gun pull, the blowing of the eye, we all went. Fulci! With <laughs> arms raised. Hey, the Fulci! What are we going to do with all the eye popping? Hey, it's a Fulci into the flesh. So technically, this episode won't release until the 30th. I, I'm not sure what necessarily is on that day, but we were true to Junesploitation mm-hmm. on this day. So that being said, I kind of like... Before we get too slap happy here, we should. Uh, okay, let me do an FMK. Okay, oh no. let's do an that FMK. That wasn't bad enough. What? No, let's do Deep Star Six. Oh, okay. Let's do uh, Deep Rising and Leviathan. Ooh, oh, shit. Okay, that's. I actually. That's the answer. Yeah, I know what I'm going to. You yeah, can base okay. it on location, monster, cast, whatever. I'm, I've got mine. Kill Deep Star Six. Uh. F Deep Rising just because of the so many of those cast members that I pro- I wouldn't mind getting to know better and uh, marry Leviathan and just um, divorce him later. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to kill Deep Star Six because Greg Evigan's beard kind of rivals mine. <laughs> and there can I only can't. be one. There can only what be one. Kurrigan beards. <laughs> The hirsute Kurrigan. I, I'm gonna marry Deep Rising because of the the Treat Williams factor, and I'm gonna get freaky with Leviathan because you all remember the little little mouth in the hand. Mm-hmm. You file those teeth down, my friends. We got some fun action oh. going on there. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Dustin. Uh, Deep Star Six has got to go, so it, oh, it's man. getting deep sixed. Ah. ah! Cunningham um, not getting a lot of love. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to marry Leviathan. Mainly because I think fucking Peter Weller and Richard Crenna would have some wonderful stories. Of course, it's the Crenna it's connection the, yeah, for you. Yeah, it's the Crenna connection. Lisa, I Someday I we'll know. find it. Oh, no. The Crenna connection. The Rambo. The Deep Star. And me. And then there you go. You, you got my last one. <laughs> I think, I, well, I'm going to go along the lines with everybody, and I'm going to, Deep Star 6 has got to go. It's got to <laughs> yeah, go. It's got to go. I'm going to, 
I'm gonna marry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna marry Leviathan just because of all the character actors. Daniel Stern. Listen to his stories about battling chuds and Kevin McAllister. <laughs> you know. Plus, uh, oh, it's got that British. It's got that British bed. It does. It yes. does. Right. Uh, Amanda Pace. Ma- yes. Yes. And Peter Weller. Say, oh, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> and so, like. <laughs> But then I am going to freaky fuck the shit out yeah. of Deep Star Six because one, all the character actors, and two, Squidly Diddly. <laughs> Although they have the da. teeth, imagine how many mouths that thing has. Ah, but you got La, Miguel Ferrer in there, so yeah. So fucking like right now, Deep Star is going to be my F. I'm going to marry Leviathan, and I'm going to kill Deep Star Six. Very nice. Very nice. Let's end it the proper way. Let's talk about the ending of this movie, which coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. Uh, God damn it, uh, man! Yeah. It's w- one of the greatest coulda bins. It's a wonderful way to end the movie. I know test audiences brought B- uh, Benny back to us, which is fine, but the fact that we didn't necessarily get that next chapter of Finnegan and crew. I would have loved to see Steven Summers' Skull Island. I would too. That would have been grand. That would have been slick. It would have been so much fun. But we have this, and this is a film that I know a number of people are still exploring, reverse engineering, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, sometimes it does take the passing of one of the artists and actors in there, but this is why Treat Williams will... He'll always be with us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're feeling blue, we can throw on a Treat Williams movie. And I mean, I literally watched all of us have fun for like an hour and 45 minutes yeah. and reacting and going on the journey and caring for the characters. And that kind of stuff doesn't happen with every movie we watch. So, right. yeah, it's just, an, uh, you know, to his power. So, by the way, technically, I think this is our 400th episode. Oh, shit. And I know what? without a sh- without this show... I wouldn't, number one, have a friend here, have a friend here, and a friend here. So I'm very happy you all were able to join us on this one. Uh, But again, thank you for everything you all have done. You know, I was thinking we should do something special for our 400th episode. We didn't know what we were going to do. And you know what? In a roundabout way, we did do something special. Oh, yeah, we did. Pizza party. Oh, wait. (laughs) We had a burger party. (laughs) We did have a burger party. We had a treat. Yes. We had a treat treat. We had a treat for treat. Yeah. So sincerely. Happy 400, guys. Happy 400. Every single person out there that has listened, retweeted, has been with our journey as it continues. Uh, Hopefully, it continues on. Uh, That being said, new month. New programming. It's going to get rough. Are you, are you covering Is, all of DMX's movies? Dogs? going to give it to you. <laughs> well, it's going to be the dog days of summer. Oh, so you're going to talk about Cujo? Maybe. Maybe. You, ha- you know what? You'll have to turn in and find out. Read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. <laughs>